the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Hello and welcome back to the Practical Family Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Bryant, and this is Practical Family, where we are encouraging you and your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. This episode is going to be focused on motherhood, but it is not only for mothers. If you are a dad and listening today, this episode may very well help you to understand your wife better. Maybe to see a little bit more of who she is and why her temperament matters so much in the raising of your kids and the managing of your home. I've been looking forward to introducing this guest to you for quite a while, and this episode was actually recorded as a Facebook Live video right after Mother's Day this year. So we are repurposing it for you here on the Practical Family Podcast because it is one of my favorite topics and favorite books that I've read a couple times by now, once on my own and once because I could not wait to do it in a group study with some women at church. The book is called Unnatural Mom, Why You Are the Perfect Mom for Your Kids. The author is Hetty Britz. Hetty is a former speech, language, and hearing therapist, and she has worked alongside pediatricians, psychologists, occupational therapists, and other speech-related therapists. But it's a funny thing how this profession eventually led her into talking about mothering, parenting, She began to discover that her own personal nature seemed to be getting in the way of how she was loving and nurturing her kids. Since 2002, she has presented seminars across the country, as well as overseas and churches, schools, and corporate surroundings on a variety of topics related to Christian parenting and education. She first began writing in her native language of Afrikaans, being from South Africa, and eventually moving over to the United States with her husband, who is a gospel singer and music producer, Louis Britz, and they have two daughters and a son together. Based on her newfound studies in parenting, Hetty has developed the Evergreen Parenting Course based on her personality profiles that she likens to trees, and she'll talk more about that in the interview. Hetty has also written a book called Growing Kids with Character, which has now become a follow-up to Unnatural Mom, first understanding our personalities and then putting on the oxygen mask, as she puts it, and then focusing on our kids and helping them to develop their own strengths. You will really enjoy this conversation about getting to know yourself better, having more grace for who you naturally are, who God naturally designed you to be. So jump in with me as we discover what it means to be an unnatural mom and why you are the perfect mom for your kids with author and speaker, Hetty Britz. I told them today, forgive me if I'm dabbing myself during this interview because I don't have air conditioning in this room and it is un characteristically oh. humid in Honolulu right now. Wow. I'm also in the basement. Um, I was I was seen downstairs because my future son-in-law and my daughter are cooking. Now I will do whatever oh. it takes to not cook. So I am in the basement <laughs> because they're cooking upstairs and making a noise. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well thank you. Thank, thank you for joining us from your basement. Oh, and where remind us where are you located right now? I am in eastern Tennessee. So I'm in the Tri Cities. Oh. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. Is that, it's still considered East Coast or is it more, are you closer yeah. to 
we're on Eastern time, but we are not anywhere near the beach. And my husband, you know that all the time. <laughs> no, oh, but it's yeah. it's so beautiful. I cannot get enough of the green because Africa is not this color. <laughs> it's yes. just so pretty. Oh goodness! Yeah. And so a little bit of of your background, Hetty, because I can kind of hear it, and you don't have the, that typical American accent. But yes. where are you originally from, and what ended up bringing you to? United States. I am a speech therapist by training um, and had an interest in children with learning issues and um, difficulties but ended up working in a part of our city that just had a lot of family issues so my passion kind of was redirected from peer therapy to really working with families and um, mm -hmm. I was placed enough to be offered a book contract in the U.S. And a part of the requirement was to be present in the U.S. whenever a book was launched. And it, it just became more practical for our family to be here for longer periods mm -hmm. of time. And over the years, we developed a relationship with a wonderful church here in Eastern Tennessee Celebration Church. And they needed mm -hmm. a new worship pastor, which happened to be my husband. And so it was just a wonderful mm -hmm clear direction of God for us to move and we've been really happy we're we've been here a year and a half now and we are settled mm -hmm. and um intermarrying <laughs> um, <laughs> with with Americans already with so we clearly are settling in uh, seeing as we're really yes. settled but yes yeah. and so culturally then we're, we're we're talking about um is it South African culture yes, yes. is where you're coming from Okay. We actually don't experience too much of a culture shock. We find it, um, we find the Southern culture very easy to adapt to and we love the people. We just really enjoy them very much. Yes, that Southern hospitality. Oh, is yes. Worth, they're famous for it. Yes, yes in a lot they're of ways. They're wonderful. So with your background as a speech therapist, you ended up writing books about mothering. And I, I loved, I loved this book, Unnatural Mom why you were the perfect mom for your kids. I've read it through probably twice, <laughs> once on my own and once with um, a book club that we put together for moms at our church. And we were just kind of suggesting certain books to go through. And I said, you know what? This one really changed my outlook on myself, why I do the things that I do, why I no longer need to feel guilty for some um, pieces of myself. <laughs> I'm so glad so you did that. that was your objective. You achieved it. <laughs> um, so we're going to start by talking about Unnatural Mom today, and I'm hoping um, to talk a little bit about growing kids with character as okay. well. So Thank your you. background as a speech therapist, how did this lead you into mothering topics? It, it didn't really, um, except maybe when I was still a therapist in this practice with, with other specialists, we, um, you know, when a parent brings their child to you and, and you can fix the speech or the spelling or something, they just assume you can get the kids to go to sleep and you can do the discipline and everything else because you know kids, you know, mm -hmm. and you know development. Um, but I didn't have any kids at the time, so I would just quote from books uh, that I read about parenting, but I was kind of bullied into into parenting ministry when something mm -hmm. I did at, at um, an aftercare center ended up on TV and somebody from a Christian radio station saw it and said, you needed to come, I needed to come and present the same thing at his church. Complete misunderstanding um, oh. got me in a situation where I had to talk about parenting. And that first parenting talk was so daunting. And at the same time, I, I came alive and I realized this is really what I want to do. Um, oh. 
but it, I think my parenting ministry, if, if I can call it that, um, came from my own struggle with parenting and from a sense of this cannot be so hard. It's not supposed to be this hard. It's something God designed. It's supposed to work. Um, there's supposed to be joy in this. And I don't have that. I want to figure out where I lost the plot. And when I have figured out where I lost it, I want to help other moms because I could tell I wasn't the only one. <laughs> that was clear. Um, I, I knew there was something universally wrong with moms because everybody's constantly guilty. Everybody's constantly comparing to others. Um, everybody's pretending um, that we're coping, but we're not really. Mm, Is, that was wow. my sense, you know, that we all need yeah. to do better and we can because we love our kids. Mm -hmm. We just don't have the tools maybe. Mm, wow. So what were the main things that you were seeing then? If you were if you were there helping parents with, you know, speech therapy issues, what were the kinds of things that moms were bringing up at that point to you that you felt, okay, let's let's address this at now, even though that wasn't your intention? Yeah, it, I guess it's a disconnect between our expectations and the reality that we're dealing with um, mm. in our homes not just the reality of who our kids are, but who we are. Because we have an idea of who we will be as a parent. And then our child has an issue. And then suddenly we're not the parent we thought we would be and our kids not the child we ordered. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now as Christians, we can't question God. We can't say, Lord, how can you give me this kid? Or how can I have to go through this? Or why do I have this, this tough marriage or anything like that? We, we don't get to ask those questions. Um, so I guess that's where that's where my passion is, is to say, no, let's ask those questions. Let's ask the question, why do I have this child? And mm. let's sit in the discomfort of that question until we discover that there is method to this, that there is a design to this and that there's beauty to this and that there's growth in this. Um, if we are willing mm. to accept the unique design in ourselves and in others. Mm, okay, that's that's beautiful. So let's start with that unique design then. Mm. Understanding that we are all designed pretty differently. I mean, it, it doesn't really take a college degree to look around and say, all of us are pretty different. They're, you know, none of us are the same as human beings. So why would we expect parenting methods or styles to be one size fits all. You know, I, I know I've struggled yeah. a lot as a mom and what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? Somebody tell me, I don't feel like, shouldn't I feel different right now? So let's talk about those different personality styles that you've outlined in your book on natural mom. Um, the types of moms, we have four main types and then a little bit of some combinations there. Can you talk about Four types. Yes, that's right. I mean, most personality models kind of organize characteristics into four groupings and please don't feel like it's a box. Um, mm. If it is a box, there's no lid, I can promise you, but it, it is, <laughs> it's just the order and the design that God has put in everything. And I've picked trees as a metaphor for these types because trees, mm. no two trees are the same. And some of them are smaller and some of them are bigger. Some of them are not fruitful in all seasons. And, and we get to sometimes not be completely ourselves. And we, we get to be sometimes out of sync and out of season with the task ahead of us. So I'll explain every mother who type real quick and maybe say, when is she out of sync and when is she in season? <laughs> Just by, by her uh, virtue of her nature. So the first three 
I would want to describe is the pine tree. Now, if you think of a pine tree, it's kind of stately. It doesn't change a lot. It just gets taller. And this is the mom who has that personality that is just what you see is what you get. Um, she has this peace and calm uh, about her. She has grace, a lot of patience. She's the mom who, who can let the kids just paint on the canvas. That is her dress and her life. Um, just this mom is able to usually embrace motherhood. Um, with all of the sacrifices that come along with it, because she's a giver, she's open. But what is challenging to her is that phase when you have to be hands-on and disciplined and you have to have a lot of energy and you have to chase those toddlers down and you have to remove kids mm -hmm. from ceiling fans. And it's just a really hard phase for this mom because she doesn't get enough sleep and she needs more than the rest of us. So this is the mm -hmm. mom who's great with the nurturing, but with the discipline and the boundaries and the constant activity and the busy schedules where everything's happening at once, this is where she's not in her element. So this is the mom looking at the rosebush mom that I will explain next who's kind of her opposite and going, how does she do it? She's got 27 hours in her day. I just know that because I could not do half of what she does. So this rosebush mom is the go, go, go mom. This is the competitive mom, the driven mom. It's the one you put on, on, on all the committees on your behalf so that she can fight the battles for you. You drop an issue and she will run with it. It's that kind of a mom. And um, this is the mom who can do all of it, but then she doesn't want to be slowed down. And baby days, by definition, are when we are slowed down and we get very little done. And what we do get done, like diapers changed, we have to do again tomorrow. And it's really frustrating for the Rosebush mom because she probably is more at home doing her career um, than doing mm -hmm. the dishes. And so I picked Rose for mm -hmm. her because roses are, you know, the, the product and that you know you can look at her and you can see the stuff that she's done and it's there on display and it's good mm -hmm. but then there's the the roses because this this mom is kind of sharp-tongued a little bit her kids will tell you all, all about it sometimes the kids bleed uh, not not literally not literally but figuratively <laughs> from the <Not> heart <laughs> because of you know a little bit too firm word. so that's a rosebush mom so she will be fantastic mm -hmm. in getting stuff done, uh, moving fast, making God decisions, fighting for her family, hopefully not just with her mm -hmm. family, but for them. But the nurturing part and the patient training, because she wants them to be grown up today. And if not today, then tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that is just not available. <laughs> so that's hard. And then we have the boxwood moms. So this is, boxwoods can be pruned into any shape you like. They can be these perfectly square hedges with 90 degree angles. And this is how this mom would like to do parenting. She reads the books, she copy pastes, copy pastes from the book into her life and, and follows the rules. And when the rules don't work for her children, she assumes there's something really wrong with her. And this mm -hmm. is the mom I feel for because this is the mom I I was in those early days. It's just a really nervous mom who's trying her absolute best, probably doing better than she realizes, but feeling absolutely um, horrible because if anybody does it any better in any on any day with any task, you feel incompetent. So this is a very sensitive box of mom. And then we have the palm tree mom and she is the fun mom and everybody wants her as their mother. <laughs> but in my house, they don't have her, <laughs> but they, they want her because this is the mom who doesn't see that you're tracking in mud all over the floor. It's the mom who thinks your room is just a lot of fun. She doesn't call it a mess. She just goes like, oh, stuff's happening in here and it's not a big deal. <laughs> so this mom 
sees children. She really sees them. She enjoys that they are kids. She doesn't need them to be grown up right now. They keep the child in her alive and she enjoys it. Um, and, and this is a mom who obviously also will not stick to routines as much and will hate the schedules and that everything has to be so planned with missed the spontaneity of just being. So they enjoy the play with the kids. I mean, the kids are young and all the interaction and later on they enjoy being their teenager's best friend. But, you know, the strict sermons and the, the routine and those things just really, we call it their frostbite. It's the stuff that really just uh, drains them. So that's, that's kind of the moms in a nutshell or in a garden, oh. in, a, in, a, <laughs> in a pot. <laughs> <laughs> you can see how uh, Hetty has described these different types of moms. And again, th these are all present in her book. Unnatural mom, why you are the perfect mom for your kids. And what I love about how you outline these different moms in here is pretty much one per chapter or so, mm. but you've given a story to each mother. So each chapter starts as describing her day, how exactly she reacts when she, from when she gets up in the morning <laughs> to when she goes to bed at night. And this was such a beautiful and clear picture for us who were thinking, oh, well, well, am I that way? Or I think I know someone like that, but no this is what she's doing and also this is what's going through her mind so mm -hmm. that's what i found the most helpful about this type of book is because you can look directly into the story as if you're living it with each of these mamas and it helped me to have so much not just understanding for myself because i see myself as more of that rose bush i mean i'm a get her done kind of mom okay at the expense of my family and this has happened at different points and even as I've started this you know the blog and podcast like I've got to put strict boundaries on myself so that I don't make work all of my day right and so it has oh, yeah. to be scheduled it has to be I have to know when to put it down but when I was reading through these other types of moms the the, the pine tree or the palm tree the ones that I can't always relate to it gave me so much love and empathy for these women who are just naturally that way. And I, I love my mamas who I recognize with those traits now. It's wonderful to see them for who they are. I love that yeah. you, that it gives yeah. you empathy for your own mom, because I think we, yeah. we all have this idea that our mom should be good at nurturing, should be a wonderful friend, should be great at organizing, should cook only organically, should breastfeed until we do, you know, she just needs to do all of these things. And then we take yeah. that example, we merge it with what we loved about both our grandmothers and our favorite mm -hmm. and, and our friends, amazing mom. And then we just put that all together and say, this is the kind of mom I'm going to be. And for right, some reason, we right. think that's possible. And of course it isn't. It absolutely not. is not. And it's Thank not the you. assignment either. It's really not the assignment. I think, you know, mm. I, I get, I, as a Christian, I get annoyed when people take Bible verses and mm -hmm. um, dismantle them to the point where they want to say, it's not really God's word, it's just culture, or it's just this, or it's just that. So I want to say mm -hmm. this very carefully. But with Proverbs 31 kind of being your checklist of the kind of woman you should be to be mm. a good mom and a good wife, um, we have to really go look at the context of that scripture and understand that that's not who spoke it. It was a mother who spoke it to her son and she wanted the perfect daughter-in-law and she was wanting her son to aim high. So mm. she absolutely painted an ideal. She painted mm. a wish. She painted a heart's mm. desire for her son. 
And I think we should absolutely hold up a standard of a godly woman. But I think the key verse mm -hmm. there is not the sewing or the staying. I mean, she's a night owl and a morning person, if you read that carefully. She hardly sleeps. Um, now, that is just not healthy mm -hmm. or wise for us to never sleep. It literally says our light mm -hmm. never goes out. But we cannot turn that into theology and saying God says a mom doesn't need sleep. Because that we, we just know that that is simply not true. So we cannot measure ourselves yeah. against that. But we, we can look at our children's design and say, I'm going to work creatively with their design. And we can look at our design and say, I'm going to work creatively with my design. Because if, if some of you may read occasionally the message translation, some don't regard it as a, as a dependable translation. But if you want to go and look at Galatians 5, there's a part that says, Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. Then sink yourself into that. And then it goes on to say, don't compare yourself with others. Don't think you're better, but also don't be inferior in there. Don't go into that space of I'm not like you. And then it says, each of you must take responsibility to do the creative best you can with your own life. And that's really what mothering is about. Um, many years ago, I bought a tumble dryer. And the reason I bought it is I wanted to do less ironing. So that function of the wrinkle-free, you know, right here in the middle was very important. I switched it on the first time and there's just really, you know, kind of low and high. And the wrinkle-free option in the middle that I saw on the box was not available. And then I went through the manual and it said some models may not have all of the functions. And I thought to myself, well, that, that is just ridiculous. That's exactly why I bought this thing. Um, but then, right. then after a while, I figured, okay, if I stand really close to this thing and, and the moment it goes, dee -dee -dee -dee, you know, I yank open the door and I pull out the clothes and I hang it quickly, then I don't have wrinkled washing. So I can do it. It's a little bit more effort, but I can do it. And there's mm -hmm. something in there for every mom. You look at this task called mothering and you think, I don't have all of the functions. You know, I don't have a supportive husband or... I have a child with a diagnosis of some kind. We have different ideas of what disqualifies you as a mom. Maybe you say, well, I don't homeschool or I don't cook well, or I'm hopeless with babies, or I don't have a supportive husband or whatever you, you have and you decide, okay, well, that's that sitting in the middle without which this whole thing is a waste. When, when really God is not limited by any of those things and he is absolutely able to make me as a mom able to raise the kids I need to raise, um, to love him, to be functional, to be happy. Um, even when there are certain functions like the wrinkle-free function, that's just not in my model, not in my home, not in my skill set. Um, and really, we, we need to trust that God has given us, because his word says that he has given us everything we need for godly living. And if we need to be godly moms, that includes that too. He has given us enough. So if I don't have all of that mothering, nurturing, breastfeeding, cooking instincts, then God has decided in his wisdom that in my particular case, it is not an essential and that there are other things that are absolutely essential that he's going to give me to raise these particular kids. And that, that the humility that will come from knowing that I'm not all things to all people will be good for me. And a, a mothering is a humiliating, not just a humble experience, it's humiliating mm -hmm. when we discover we're not everything. Um, and it's good for us. It breaks down our pride. It makes us need, need other moms. Yes. Um, I have somebody who bakes my children's birthday cakes, for example. <laughs> yes. Because otherwise it's just sad. It's just really sad if I do it. <laughs> 
and ends the cake on the cover. <laughs> this is this is very much this is very much my base attempt would look, would not even look like that. That's the point. That's kind of a little confession on the front page. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what's what's tough too is the with the expectations with of course everybody knows that social media is not always the the first, the best, the prime example of what mothering should look like. But also that attitude that can come into play that, well, you're not, you're just not trying hard enough. If you tried harder, then you could be a better mother. So how do you advise moms in this way? How can you tell them, well, when to stop, you know, believing those lies and when to just accept that who they are is enough? I have in my talk a little slide that has that photograph of the dress that looks like it's blue and charcoal to some people and it looks white and gold to other people. Like literally the same picture you'll show it to an audience and half of them will say it's a white dress and the other will say no, it's a dark blue dress. Um, and then I tell them this is how fundamental our design differences are with which God has made us. We cannot even agree about the color of that dress because our eyes don't see it the same way. So how on earth can we expect that I should see motherhood exactly the way you see it and should do it exactly your way? And mm -hmm. um, my children do not have the same calling as yours. So if you keep copy pasting from my example, you're going to miss what your children need. And if I do that and I, I just love who you are as a mom and I envy you and I try and incorporate that. My children are not going to get what they were going to get from me because God gave it to me for them. Um, so the comparison game is just one we lose even before it begins. Um, we need to understand those strengths and work with them. And of course, we never have an excuse for sinfulness. So I cannot say, oh, well, I'm just a rose bush. So sometimes you're going to bleed. I cannot say that because the Bible is very clear that we need to speak the truth in love, that uh, we shouldn't do what we want to do in anger. <laughs> um, and, and we all should, should have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us, but that is not something we produce. That is something God produces. So all of this self-effort to try and be something else is not a biblical way to do it. We should keep our eyes on Jesus, believe that he's given us what we need, do the best with what we have, and then do that really important biblical thing, namely pull in the rest of the body. My daughter is a very, very sensitive, very beautiful soul. And I almost cannot talk to her without hurting her because of how strong my rose is and how sensitive her pine tree is. And so there comes a time when there are things that I cannot give her or do for her or conversations that I should not have with her because I cannot pull enough of my thorns back to not at least scratch her. Mm. And so she, so I would send her to a pine tree, wise, godly pine tree woman, or with a little bit of palm and, and so forth yeah. to embrace her in a way that, that she needs. So all of us will get to the point, And that is something I do address in the book that there are some times when we will have to stand in front of our children and say, I think I've probably done this to you. And this can be the poor mom saying, I've probably not had enough boundaries and now you are not disciplined. I probably did that. Mm. Or I'm a box with mom and I focus so much on making everything better and better and perfect that I probably never saw when you really tried those times when it wasn't perfect, but you really tried. I probably missed your beautiful attitude. I'm sorry. So there are confessions in there 
that we as moms will have to embrace. Because we cannot just say, well, this is why I am and God made me this way and you'll have to deal with me. We do have to measure ourselves against Christ's example, not the other mom's example. And, and sometimes be humble enough to say, I could have done better. Right, right. And, and leave it at that and not let it continue to be a source of shame for not being able to. I mean, I, I've talked with quite a few moms who have finished raising young kids and they can either choose to sit in regret or they can accept yes. that, you know, this, this was a learning experience for all of us. There were good moments, but sometimes we cannot see the good moment. We can't see the forest for the trees <laughs> to use a <Yes>. tree. <laughs> well <And> done. <laughs> you know, we can't see the, the wonderful, beautiful moments and where our personality actually helped them. I'm hoping and praying that the kids learn, you know, organization for me however forceful I have been at times, I have had to apologize to my more sensitive daughter or to my son where I, I responded in a way that was not respectful to his little heart and soul as a, as a young man. And uh, as you know, not to mention the husband, right? Who is altogether different yes. from me. And so Absolutely. accepting who we are, not constantly apologizing for it, but also not living in that place of regret because God made us and he made us the way that he made us. And, I'm so glad that you highlighted that for a moment. I think we assume that the best relationships are those where we just effortlessly, you know, mesh and, and it's just, we gel and it's just flow. But in that friction and sometimes even in the fire of, of um, clashing personalities, that's really where we get shaped. That's really where we learn self-control. That's where we learn compromise, the healthy sort of compromise, where I don't always have to say what I'm thinking. I don't always have to do things my way and children learn that when a mom is not a perfect match with with them mm. and we underestimate the value of that we underestimate the value of learning to live with somebody who doesn't do everything in a way that pleases you and having to get over that and move on mm. and accept that because when we when we have a mom who absolutely does everything exactly to your liking we are feeding into entitlement because that child's going to leave your home and doesn't understand why people don't ask him how he takes his coffee mm. and stirs it for him and because a sweet mom did everything exactly the way he wanted it and that's not reality either mm. that's such a good point that is an excellent point actually i did not think of how entitlement could be a symptom of all of that but there are important lessons to learn in the conflict definitely so let's use that then to segue into your next book growing kids with character because that is one of the tenets of practical family, what we talk about here, you know, living a simple practical life and focusing on the things that matter, you know, to raise kids to build a strong foundation in a healthy home. So us moms who are focused on, let's try to produce, I know that's, you know, the word is very muddled, <laughs> but let's try our best <laughs> to produce kids who are not entitled, who are responsible. What practical tools can we use to send practical people out into the world who can make sense of real life and who can focus on God. So growing kids with character, tell me how, did that come out of Unnatural Mom or did that sort of come beforehand or how did that mm -hmm. come about? The, the original book in Afrikaans, my, my home language, mm -hmm. is, 
I think 12 years old, 10, 10 12 years old. So it was my first book. Mm-hmm. And then I learned more about the combination types and, and I kind of changed my mind on a few, on a few things. And I, I welcomed the opportunity to rewrite that book for the US market after Unnatural Moms. So the idea is kind of, the, you know, put the mask on your own face first and then, you know, put it on your kids. So I, <laughs> I highly recommend that moms would read Unnatural Mom first and then, and then they'll get to know those families. And then when they read, um, growing kids with character, they will remember those kids because I, I kept the same families going <laughs> through the book. Um, I really feel uh, very strongly that we have three tasks. We need to study our child's design and then we need to invest time in those areas that they are gifted in to develop those because that's why they have them. And then thirdly, we have to look at the weaknesses or the um, or the concerning things in their developing in their character and ask, are these things important? And if they are, we need to make an effort. And because of temperament, there are patterns and they're predictable. And when we understand we have a happy-go-lucky palm tree, we can predict what will be a challenge in raising them. And then it's worth our time to focus on that. Um, because that will that will have results instead of having this checklist of these are the 20 characteristics I'm going to train into my kids and um, because that is very discouraging um, and it has no respect for the individual design of our child so we don't have an ideal for our children we look at the design we develop the strengths and we discipline the parts that are going to be ungodly unless mm. we do something about it and um, we all know adults who, I mean, we, we know adults who are obvious rose bushes, um, go-getters, who are so brutal and so abusive um, because they were never pruned, because they were able to train the adults in their life to just give them their what they want, because that's the way of, of least resistance, right? So we all know who those, what those adults look like. So we can look at a little rosebush child and go, I'm going to give you many opportunities to lead, to make decisions, to have choices, because this is who you're going to be. You're going to be a leader, but I'm not going to allow you to step on people. And I'm not going to allow you to use anger to manipulate people, starting with me. (laughs) You're not going to manipulate me with your anger. That's where I draw the line. And I'm not going to allow you to intimidate people and abuse them so I'm going to keep my eyes wide open for that because that's huge in your personality but I'm not going to try and turn you into this quiet obedient little follower who never steps up because God gave you this temperament so I'm gonna I'm gonna nurture it amen I wrote a piece a couple of years ago on my son is a strong-willed child and just kind of using this as one of those examples of children who you you feel like you need to discipline into submission when the preferred attitude of a young child is to be wholly obedient to listen the first time to always be behaved or else they're not respectful which is completely unreasonable i mean if you have ever hung out with a seven-year-old boy you know that that's next to impossible i mean and some have sons who are just naturally that's their natural temperament so to look at natural temperament first before expectations of culture is i think a very uh, it's a much more healthy way to look at it and it's a formula for non-shameful parenting and a non-shameful you know childhood experience 
Jennifer, I no, I, I just, I'm just so excited to agree with you. I just want to agree with you very strongly okay. because that's one of the things I didn't do. I didn't sit still and watch my kids enough to really appreciate their natural design before I got right onto disciplining because I, I was taught and I read books that said, you know, if you don't start discipline on day one, it's one day too late. So, and, and because that resonates with my rose and boxwood temperament, I said, I can do this. I can discipline. But what I couldn't do is I couldn't <laughs> bond. I couldn't listen. I couldn't play. And that was devastating to the relationship with my kids. So then you have to go and backtrack. And I actually needed bonding therapy with my daughter. I needed a therapist to help build that bond because I was just not really good at it. And it's because of that stance of here's the recipe impose on child and out the other end of this experiment steps, you know, obedience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, right. It's just not that simple. It, and, and I'm, I'm so glad you said that to watch him and to notice how much he needs that uh, respect. My definition mm -hmm. for respect is not, I bow and I give in to you. Respect is to really see you for who you are and to validate that. Right. And we can validate it with a challenge. We don't have to validate it with good job. We can validate it with, okay, I can see that sometimes you don't scream at bedtime. So here's a challenge. I think you can not scream three days in a row. And that is also validation. That's also respect. It doesn't all have to be canceling the expectations. It can be a little bit of a, come on boy, we can do better. Thank you so much, Hetty, for joining us today. Is there any closing encouragement you'd like to leave with our audience today? I, I think I, I would like to speak to the Boxwood moms. Okay. <laughs> um, just in closing, Boxwood moms are, are moms who, who are so scared of doing damage, who are so afraid that the mistakes will outweigh what they've done right that the kids will remember them for, for the times when they had the meltdown and not the times when they actually played with them or had fun with them or lightened up for a moment, a little, a little moment. Uh, we don't have the, those, you know, we don't have these extended times of being lightened up when we're boxwood moms. And I just want from my boxwood heart, want to tell you, there are so many moms who want to be like you. There are so many moms who want to remember their child's favorite everything like you do. There are so many moms who want to have that inborn sense of justice to be able to keep an eye on all of the needs and, and keep things fair around the house. There are so many moms who want to have your capacity to learn and find out more information and research what is the best for your family. Please believe that you are doing a lot better than you realize and that we are all looking at you and we can so clearly see and hear how hard you are trying. And we want to affirm you, you have the personality of Moses. And yes, sometimes you look at this and you feel like you just cannot get into the promised land. <laughs> you are standing on the end. But I want you to know that even if you can't get to that place of absolute peace and happiness, you're probably able to lead all of your children into it. And through the sacrifices that you are making. Um, and we appreciate you. You've been listening to episode 62 of the Practical Family Podcast and my interview with author and speaker, Hetty Britz. 
You can find links to Hetty's books in the show notes. Both Unnatural Mom and Growing Kids with Character will inspire you to take a closer look at what your natural design looks like and how you can encourage your kids to embrace the strengths that God's given them and be a beautiful force in this world and a blessing to others. For more episodes, please visit us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure and leave us a rating. Let us know how the Practical Family Podcast has blessed you, has encouraged you in your own family life, and follow us at practicalfamily.org for more resources and encouragement on how to live practically, simply, and grow in faith as a family. This has been Jennifer Bryant with Practical Family, where we are here to encourage you to build strong foundations and healthy homes. 